I'd like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the Yagara and the Turrbal people as the traditional custodians of Mianjin, the lands on which our podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Body Track Academy podcast created by EPs for EPs. The podcast will take you on an in-depth understanding of everything an EP is faced with on a day-to-day basis, including clinical, personal and business practices to ensure you become the best practitioner possible. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, follow us on whatever streaming service you use to ensure the message spreads and you are notified of any new podcasts or educational resources available to you. Furthermore, if you're not already part of our online academy, head over to Facebook and join the Body Track Academy. Happy listening. If you're listening to this, then you've clearly got past the introduction, which is quite long now, but we are sitting here with Georgia, ready to go through another podcast. Georgia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Welcome back, I should say. You've been on a couple before. How have you been, Georgia? I have been very well, thanks, Dan. Wonderful. Kicking goals with clinical and personal and growth always fantastic doesn't give much georgia (laughs) except when she does a podcast about client success which is what we're here about today is that correct it is all right can you enlighten our listeners about what uh we're talking about today yes so i have a wonderful client who came to see me around eight months ago actually less than that i would say probably closer to four to six months ago um, we've been working together with in the background of some chronic lower back pain that presented in a complex way in terms of how it had been managed in the past and how that influenced her thought processes around exercise and how it would fit best into her life. Um, just on that too, was the, the lower back pain something that you knew about when she was coming to the assessment or um, what, like was this, private, was this a private client? Was it referred? Um, how did you know about that or was it kind of sprung upon you in the assessment? It was referred. So I have um, always say we have a really great relationship with Barefoot Physio. Um, so they referred her to us, which was fantastic. So I had a background of her and sort of how she presented clinically. Great. Um, but less information, I suppose, around what that would look like. But, yeah, our time together. Yep. Fantastic. So they've come in for the assessment. So you had a bit of obviously handover and good information and uh, that from Barefoot Physio. Um so you've had some preparation, ready to go through the assessment. Let's yeah. let's go into into that assessment. Um, how did you go around your subjective and objective assessments? Were there any barriers that you faced? Anything new that came up as well? Yeah, I think um, with these kinds of assessments, they can be really interesting because you never really know the direction that they'll go in. So particularly when we're dealing with complex or persistent pain, um, as we've chatted about in a couple of our other podcasts. Um, it can be something that has a lot of factors and it isn't just the person that's in front of you and there's, um, it can take time to break those barriers down. But I guess acutely what we went through in our subjective assessment, so from a clinical standpoint, she has a history of spondylolisthesis. So mm-hmm. looking at what that meant for her and how it impacted her life. So we went through sort of her basic background info around her 
aggravating factors, what helps, what hasn't helped in the past. And mm-hmm. from that, we kind of found that she'd had a history of that sort of more boom-bust management plan and that right. she would have flare-ups, sort of not be able to do much, wasn't quite sure exactly the right things to do. And this was prior to seeing physio. So um, once she had Beth come on board, that was a lot better managed. Yeah. I had a really great handover from her physio and what that looked like. So um, with that, though, I kind of held in the back of my mind that that had been something that we we had experienced in the mm. past. Mm. Um, from that, we sort of went into how it had impacted her life and what it impacted daily. And so I found that she plays a bit of a role as a carer in her life and that has quite a lot of physical demands but as well as that emotional and stress um, demands too. Of course. Um, which we know as well impacts how we experience pain. And so um, that was something that I flagged as well for us to manage too. Um, she's also sort of in that sweet spot age-wise around looking towards moving into and through menopause. So mm-hmm. we discussed around that and sort of how that process had impacted her life. Um, and with that, we found that she sort of hadn't had the best relationship or I suppose experience with health professionals and doctors. And so that was something that immediately I knew my role needed to be somebody that listened to her, validated her experience, and then mm. took that as as our biggest thing moving forward. Yeah, fantastic. So Unpacking that a little bit, if we go around the history of spondylolisthesis prior to seeing Barefoot as well, was there anything else that um, this client was uh, doing in terms of seeing other allied health? Um, prior to that, was it other exercise physiologists or was it sort of trying to self-manage it um, herself by going to do the exercises and getting to that boom-bust cycle. Was there much around that that you discussed? A little bit of both. So in the past she um, had and still does see a Pilates instructor and is fantastic as well. So I think more so for her just global health and mental health that Pilates has been fantastic and it's also I think of late played a really important role in her her strengths Mm. and how that looks for our sessions. Um, Outside of that, I think she has seen a couple of PTs in the past Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's sort of where she had had that relationship around sort of boom and bust Mm. start in the sense of sort of trying to lose weight because that also is one of her bigger priorities. Um, So she sort of found that she was really trying to focus on that, then having flare-ups with back pain and then sort of just getting to a point where she was like, oh, well, now I can't do my roles of care and I can't work and, and it just doesn't feel like it's it's working and then that yeah. cycle would sort of happen yeah. again. So just to, to make it, I guess, clear, you're, you're facing a pretty heavy situation here uh, and there's two ways you can like, you can kind of be overwhelmed from there so you can take an eye on the challenge and I think, you know, that, um, I've spoken to the team many times about embracing the challenge and taking it on and backing yourself and placing value on yourself. Yeah. So I know which way this is going to go. But for, <laughs> for a lot of the um, the listeners out there, if you can can provide a bit of advice because what I'm seeing, and if I, if I was to paint a picture here, is you've got someone who's got a, a long-term recurring pain cycle, which can be very hard to break the, the um, thought process around. They haven't had good trust with previous health professionals, whether it be um, personal trainers um, or other or the, or the likes for getting allied health professional care. Um, so there's a lot on your shoulders in this situation to try and, in that initial assessment, gain the trust, um, provide good information, reputable evidence-based information, and then... And I know you've already said that part of that to, to do that is to validate their experiences and, and, and but 
how is there anything else or a tip that you can provide to our listeners as a key thing to take away in those kind of overwhelming situations? And I'm, I'm picturing a first year here who's hit with this situation where someone's come and tried all different resources, uh, sorry, tried all different methods to help with their pain and just not getting better and going through the boom and bust. Um, what would you say to a yeah, first year or someone who's in that situation might feel a bit overwhelmed? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think if I looked at myself as a new practitioner a couple of years ago and how I went into this assessment versus how I do now, I think that does look a lot different. Mm. In saying that, though, I think as a new grad and having a person in front of me that is a bit more complex, I think taking a step back and having, like you said, backing yourself and being comfortable in the uncomfortable and knowing that in this situation you and the patient in a way are learning together. And mm. so you need to come at it from one way to be like, I'm the best person for this job and I have the skills and I have the knowledge. And if I don't, I've got a team behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, we are very lucky at Body Track and we have a team that we can learn and grow in and sort of use each other's brains to troubleshoot yep. things. But I think the most exciting thing about this job is that we're always learning and that even though you may not go into it feeling 100% confident and if you listen to that person validate their experience and give them a plan Mm -hmm. that plan is not going to be linear and it's going to change based on whatever happens in the next couple of sessions next couple of weeks or next hour probably for that Mm. person as well and that's okay so that was quite a long answer to your no that's great that's good um because i think that's the thing we can go into these assessments having really good plans and um looking at the research and going i have to apply that i have to provide them with this but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way, does it? No. Um, that you can't execute exactly what evidence is saying, but you are, I guess, providing the client with the best information at that time to get them to a better outcome and a better position than when they walked in the door. Yeah. Um, and to build that rapport with them and that yeah, trust because um, that was going to be a big hurdle. You could have been the smartest person alive. Could have been. You are, but <laughs> you could have been the most knowledgeable, reputable person, let me put it that way, um, in the room and they were coming to you for, for that, but without that trust, exactly. that kind of information is a bit obsolete in, in my opinion anyway. I agree. Um, so that's a good point that you take home. Build trust, um, uh, validate them um, and know that, and, and saying that as well, it's not going to be linear. Yeah. I think that's a really good key thing, particularly someone on a boom and bust cycle yeah, exactly. to hear because uh, we're always thinking that we need to progress, always think, okay, yeah. we're here now, we can get to here, we can get to here, but we know that there's going to be um, some side steps along the way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly not pitfalls. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, I think managing expectations for you and the client is so important and I think – um, as a team, we've been talking a bit more about being vulnerable in that too yeah. in that um, it doesn't mean that we are not going to be, um, I suppose, delivering what's in line with the research, but we may need to take a step back and say, hey, that's actually not something I've seen a lot of recently. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do this, this, and this. I'm going to get you to do this, this, and this. That's mm-hmm. my expectations of you. This is what I'm going to do to give you the best possible outcome, and, and mm-hmm. we kind of are both in this together. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And, yeah. Perfect. That's good. Um, so just going back into the assessment, so mm-hmm. let's picture ourselves back into the assessment room <laughs> with, um, with your client. But that was a good tangent. Um, <laughs> a very good long tangent. <laughs> so you're un- unpacking this, you're providing information um, 
what kind of things did you pick up on from the client's um, mannerisms or body language mm-hmm. or um, discussion with you that made you feel sort of like a buy-in or rapport or trust is increasing here in- initially? I think initially like body language is a big thing. So particularly when somebody comes in and for the first time and they are unsure and it's a new space for them, I think it can be for um, people to, yeah, sort of appear a little standoffish or like just mm. not quite sure about what to expect. So I think seeing her become open to what I was saying, sort of letting her know that, again, I was listening to her. So like, I think we found in the first 10 minutes I just let her speak for a lot of that and that I just wanted to have her and give her that space and I think she appreciated that. So sort of, um, yeah, seeing somebody open up a little bit, tell you a little bit more about their mm-hmm. their personal circumstance and that sort of thing is really indicative of, I guess, them feeling like they're in a space where they're being heard and, and supported. Um, yep. And then I guess as we move forward, like she um initially when we looked at movement patterns and went to some more of our objective testing I know that she was initially a little bit hesitant around movement and I could see that Mm. she had a little bit of that sort of fear avoidance with a couple of our our points and I think as well being able to educate her why I wanted to do what we were doing but also affirming that it was okay to feel like this was something we might want to do later down the track sort of gave her the autonomy to choose what was her in that moment but also had that kind of education for me around what that meant for our plan and our assessments from there Um, and I actually think that as we went around and as we kind of reinforced that education of movements that started to look a lot more comfortable and a lot less restricted just with that yeah Fantastic. So um, you you picked up on some really good things there around how you can uh, see a client uh, building in rapport and trust there. Um, Sounds like we're a broke record almost, but it is around coming back to validation again. And even in objective, you've given them almost a bit of options or shown the way about what we can try and achieve. But if we're not quite there yet, you've led a path or you've shown the path about how to get there and, and what needs to happen to to get there and being safe in those movement patterns there. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break right now, get a word from our sponsors, and we will come back and talk about the specifics and the objective testing that you did um, and the movement analysis and then kind of the plan that you provided and then a bit of a, a recap of where we're at now with this client and then any take-home messages. We'll be back shortly. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you're learning a lot in this particular episode. Just a shout out to our sponsor, HGG Performance, which provide very high quality, innovative gym equipment and custom fit outs to enable you to pivot your potential and smash performance and rehab goals. They are world renowned for their innovative creations in the gym accessory space, including the best selling ISO Tib LT, Tib Bar, Wrist Axe and Nordic Bar. And i got to say, we're using some of these equipment in our clinic and finding some great results. Used by professional sports teams, athletes and coaches worldwide, as well as the military, health practitioners, and apparently even Joe Rogan uses their gear. HTG is a proudly Aussie-owned company that makes all their gym equipment at their Gold Coast HQ. And our partnership with them, we are stoked to offer you 10% discount on any product with the code BODYTRACK10 so you can experience what all the hype is about yourself. So jump over to their website, go to the checkout, 
punch in the code of BODYTRACK10 to get 10% off um, on any of their great innovative gym equipment and start using today. Thanks very much. Welcome back. We are resuming our podcast with Georgia and we're going to talk about the objective assessments in particular that we went through for this client. So Georgia, uh, taking us through um, your mind around doing the objective assessments for this presenting condition, um, particularly around the back. So anything particular that you did that, um, yeah, that, that you went through with this client? Yeah, definitely. So we, based on her subjective assessment, sort of identified a couple of movement patterns that she felt, I guess, a little bit more apprehensive about as well as some things that were better related to what she needed to do every day. So um, she played a role as a carer, so that involved transfers and movement of her partner in a way that requires quite a lot of strength and quite a lot of different movement patterns. So we if you're not careful, extra load on the back. Very much so. Possibly. Yep. Yeah, and that was one of the biggest flare-up um contributors that she mentioned when we discussed that so Mm. we sort of started there so I wanted to first just look at how she moved and just get an idea of what that looked like for her um so we went through a couple of those movement patterns as best we could in the clinic um we did it unloaded just so that I could again yeah sort of look at just where her body felt comfortable and how that that happened and what that looked like yeah um so so are you taking this to subject are you taking it through like getting an understanding of what is required for her day-to-day life and carers for um, capacity and, and just looking at that movement pattern specifically. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Like particularly given that she said that it was quite a stressful thing given with her role as a carer, yeah. her physical role on that was more so because something had gone wrong on the back end of actual structured carers not being available and that oh, sort of thing. And okay. um, so that was sort of something that had become quite a stressful thing for her and mm. it was unplanned in that nature. And so I figured that starting with that showed that what we were doing in here was directly correlating with her. Wow. And, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay, so from that, what did you sort of notice or um, pick up on in terms of things that you feel you could um, you could start a program with and, and progress straight away. So initially, I think it was more so around so that movement apprehension. So recognizing that she sort of before moving into a position under load, she would kind of stop, embrace herself, mm-hmm. and I think that for me highlighted that yes, although we want her to be aware of her body and be aware of the things that she might want to be thinking about, it sort of flagged for me that she. Um, had that sort of connection between her mind and her body in that she had to brace and she had to be this stiff, rigid body to mm. be able to to move and have load um, or I guess I should say um, tolerate load. And yeah. so yeah. for me that meant that although, like I said, yes, we want to have that foundational strength and structure to, to lifting and, and carrying, we want to also just have her body be a body that's designed to be bendy and to have movement and to yeah. be able to do all those sorts of things. Um, doesn't mean that I want her under deep spinal flexion to lift up things, but yeah. um, I thought that that might mean that we need a bit more work around confidence with loading her yeah, back. Sure. Um, so that was something that I picked up from that. Movement pattern-wise, I noticed that she was quite stiff and rigid through her lumbar spine, which is quite a common presentation of spondylolisthesis in terms of just anatomy and how they generally present. Mm-hmm. Um, however, with that, it meant that she was quite hinge dominant and her torso position was 
I suppose, more on that anterior kind of hinge mm -hmm. um, and didn't use a whole lot of that posterior chain strength that we know can be really important for the back. Um, and so we had a look actually at her ankle range too because she had had a history of ankle range and that can sometimes encourage that sort of hinge dominant position. So we did find that was restricted bilaterally. So um, we noted that as something that we wanted to address just from a structural standpoint but then on the other side of that looking more towards that confidence and movement mm -hmm. patterns around the back um yeah that's um so in that then uh going back to i guess the sort of racing or the preparation that she was going through uh you are having again to shift a lot of conceptions around that because Sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, it sounded like that's what she thought she had to do to have a strong foundation to then assist with um, and do her role as a carer. So for you to then say, none of our body is designed to be bendy and able to be flexed and you don't want a spinal flexion, um, you're trying to revert probably many years of um, a thought or process that this client just thought wasn't the case. How did you, how, how did the client respond to you kind of educating around? Was there initial apprehension to that? Was there, because you'd already done a great job of building initial thrust and rapport quite quickly, was there pretty much a good buy-in straight away? Or how was that um, conversation, how did that go with that um, change in mindset? Yeah, I think that it went really well. So I think it was luckily for me kind of in that second part of what you said in that from the time that we'd already spent together, she bought into that component and was really on board with that sort of approach because mm. I think that she sort of came to the realisation and had done so I think before she came to me that what she had done in the past wasn't really working for her. And yeah. so yeah. I think she, she was kind of ready for change. Yeah, she yeah. was ready for change and I think ready for um, and that, particularly given the work that she'd done with, with barefoot, I think their perspective of, of her pain and her, her function and capacity um, really aligns with what we do here at Body Track. And so mm. I think from that too, she was already slowly starting to make those mind shift changes. And I think it just kind of compounded with what we did together in our session. Um, so with that, I sort of gave her the education around spondylolisthesis and what we know in terms of there are some things that we want to be mindful of and we want to be working on our anti-extension and our anti-rotation, anti-lateral flexion, all that sort of stuff to keep yeah. us really strong. Mm -hmm. um, however, that doesn't mean that we're not going to be also, like we said, showing her body and her back that it is designed though to, to have movement and mobility in those ranges as well. Okay, fantastic. And I mean, credit to Bearbrook for doing a bit of the groundwork, of course. We love them. To yeah, to get us to enable you to, to have those great conversations, yeah. build that rapport, that trust, so that Definitely. those messages that you're trying to get across and change the mindset of, because that's not easy to do. Um, it does take some time, but to do it and get that by an initial session it is a really good, um, really good win. Yeah. But it doesn't come from you not doing that groundwork and also liaising with barefoot and having a good handover and having um, good control and management of what this. Um, Taking them for yep. so um, that's a key takeaway I would say for our listeners. Do your groundwork, mm -hmm. um, put in the time to uh, give the client a centered approach that they deserve, uh, and then good things come from that, of course. Yeah, and um, a lot easier to get them to believe um, the the pathway that you want to take them on. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, let's get towards kind of the end of the session. Um, probably talking about a bit of a plan yep. and any exercises that you described as well. Uh, if you want to just let our listeners know what will be the end of the session look like and what's some of the exercises that we prescribed yeah. initially. Definitely. So um, towards the end of the session, so we went through, yeah, a little bit more of that objective strength-based testing. Um, so we looked at her sort of trunk extensor strength and a couple of her um, single leg strength markers too. And we sort of found with that she wasn't super comfortable in a single leg stance. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of that I think was coming around sort of foot mechanics and strength through the chain. So um, after doing a barefoot um, assessment of her gait, we um, addressed a little bit of work around lumbar pelvic stability. So we started with isometrics with that. So we did a couple of isometric um, sort of flamingo-based exercises for a home program just to sort of build that body awareness and, I guess, proprioception to um, doing it in a barefoot um, stance. Um, we also started with some isometrics around her back just, again, to sort of reinforce that strength around her trunk and show her body where it is in space and give it that um, foundation before we progress to more loaded exercises. Um, so we did some side plank work. She's tolerated that quite well in the past, and we've now progressed that to a side plank with a row, which has been really exciting. Fantastic. Um, and then with that too, we did a bit of the anti-extension work as a starting point too. That was also an isometric hold, um, and we've progressed that up to doing some more functional core-based work now, which has been working really well for us. Um, she also has a history of knee pain too, so we've been troubleshooting that a little bit um, and working on that sort of load transfer through the foot while doing other things with her body. So um, for us at the moment, that looks like an overhead kettlebell hold um, with a march, both dynamic and static, um, which has kind of transitioned towards more of that functional task work where she may yeah. have limbs doing something while she's also having to do um, legs as well. Yeah. Her body. yeah. Fantastic. Um, so moving on to kind of current day, mm-hmm. um, any reassessments done or drawn on some goal achievements or anything that the client expressed has been some wins for her or feels like all been progression? Um, just elaborating a little bit on on where we are at the moment. Yeah, so um, we've been progressing really well. And like we said at the start, it doesn't mean that that's been linear. So we have had periods where we've had to manage an increase in life stresses and an increase in work stresses. And that's then sort of presented in a way where she's had flare-ups. But um, the thing that she's reported is that she's been recovering from those flare-ups a whole lot quicker than she has in the past. And I think that's given her a sense of confidence in herself and in her body that she has control of what's happening. And she now has action plans based on the day and based on how she's feeling because um, she now has access to a really cool gym outside of her um, sorry body track. So she sees me once a week and then she does independent exercise too, which is massive for her as well. Right, yeah. She probably wasn't going to do that no. by herself or barefoot, hey? No, yeah. exactly. So I think that for me has been the coolest thing to show her that she has autonomy over her body and mm. that she is not her condition and she has the power to, to change things based on how she's feeling and then I can just – come in with all of our reassessment markers and progressions of her program and um, I'm kind of a touch point for her too to sort of brainstorm new and interesting ways for her to challenge her body. Yep. Um, so this time around with her reassessment, we introduced some valve testing. So we did some force um, testing to sort of look at how her body was producing force between the sides, particularly around the hip and around the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and we continued on with our sort of more functional testing. We I've had a couple of flare-ups with the knee um, with lower body load, so we're looking to reintroduce five rep 
or actually more so just introduce five RM testing in the future because okay. she mentioned that was something that was really motivating for her. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, outside of that, we've just been maintaining our, our functional testing as she, she changes the demands of her life. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Because yeah, I guess the, what the hero role would be ever involved in as well. Yeah. Very new duties so. placed on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, any discrepancies in the balance if you can remember? Rate of force development yeah. between our sides. So she has a side, I think it was her right side, that generally um, flares up more so than her left in terms of how her pain presents mm-hmm. um, and the ability of her body to produce force um, versus the other side, there's a delay. Yeah. Um, and if I um, also, I suppose, like palpate around that, um, there is still, I guess, an element of her body sort of taking a second before mm-hmm. it decides it's ready to go. So um, I'm looking to, to do a bit more actual power training with her too in the future. So we're building towards that, um, which is exciting as well to see if we can we can increase that or more so decrease the discrepancy between yeah. our sides there. Yeah. I think like just even doing that test and explaining that um, yeah. and it would just correlate so well in terms of a, it makes sense and it's layman's terms really that there is a bit of a delay in the, in the rate of force development on that side that they'll flare more and you'd think as a client uh, and probably the response that this client had was, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and because we know about protective features of our body when yeah. we are in pain. Um, and if you don't know, there is a podcast on it that Josh and myself spoke about called Painful Yarn, so you can have a listen to that. Um, and then there's also the very first episode um, – uh, that we talked about with pain and chronic pain as well. There's a bit of an introduction to pain science. But a quick reference there, and we're going to finish up on this. Fantastic um, how we've seen exercise as really medicine and how it's not just the exercise that you prescribe, Georgia, but all those other key things of um, treating the person. And it's, it sounds really simple, yeah. but it is the crucial thing because without doing those little um, nuances of treating the person and listening to their story and, and being and validating them. Don't I probably don't think you would be where you are with the client, to be honest, yeah. uh, because they may not have had the same buying or trust or rapport with you. Uh, so that's um, a testament to your skills set there and something that I think is a big takeaway for our listeners. Any other final takeaways that you have to conclude this marvelous episode? <laughs> I don't think so, no. I think you summarised it really well. And at the end of the day, our job is to be um, that stable person that can be stability for them in their life but can be variable and flexible with how they present to us every day because I think that's the biggest difference between us and other health professionals in some ways is that we get to see people sometimes more frequently than others and we have that extra time to, Mm. to listen, to apply it as we see it and as it happens and as they're in front of us. So mm. I think if you can do that and if you can be vulnerable, but if you can have confidence and authority in that, then I think that you'll be on a pretty good trajectory. Fantastic. Well said. Thank you for joining us for another episode and we'll be back again shortly with case studies or topics um, around women's health, neuro, oncology, whatever it might be. Keep an ear out and we'll be back soon. Thanks, Georgia. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. So remember to share, like, or follow to keep updated with all our podcasts and educational resources.